Stand back. There's a hurricane coming through. The best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. But be the man. You gotta beat the man. Ooh, yeah. You got something to Good evening and welcome back to another edition of Guys Nation Wrestling Podcast, a special edition. Uh, post pay per view, post Hell in the Cell. Uh, we just got done watching it literally about, I don't know, half hour ago. Decided we'd throw together a little show here. You can reach us, uh, GN Wrestling on Twitter, Guys Nation Wrestling on Facebook, and if you want to email, it's wrestling at guysnation.com. I'm joined by my good friend Rob. How are you this evening? I'm doing good. A uh, long day of football and wrestling and. Uh... I'll just say uh, some pumpkin ale and some regular ale and some ribs. It's a good day all around. Had some ribs. Yep. Wet rub or dry rub? Uh, dry rub to start. Had some of the wet. Uh, put some sauce on there right there at the end. Pork good ribs, stuff. I hope. Yes, yes. Sweet. Yep. Done in, in Mikasa. Yeah, I had a Hawaiian pizza. wasn't that good. No. Yeah, I think I'd trade for ribs. Oh, yeah, they're they're pretty good, and the uh, and the wife didn't want any, and the uh, three-year-old son just ran away. Right. From the, from the ribs. All right. Well, let's get into the pay-per-view. Uh, I, you know, my overall take on it was that we didn't see a whole lot of surprises, uh, but there's definitely stuff to talk about. Um. What's your overall take? I mean, does anything jump out to you before we get into the details? Well, you know, I would agree with you. There weren't a lot of surprises. I did pretty well uh, in my predictions that we made in our last edition of the podcast. Um, but I will say that uh, a lot of good stuff happened tonight, and uh, I know a lot of people aren't excited about uh, the current state of WWE given what happened tonight, but uh, but I'm, I'm pretty amped up about it. All right, well, let's jump into it then. We have a new WWE champion, as we were told that we would. Uh, and so, you know, spoiler alert if you haven't seen the pay-per-view, because obviously we're talking about the results. Uh, so we see Randy Orton get the uh, the victory over Daniel Bryan. Now, you know, Shawn Michaels is a guest referee, so at some point we expect a super kick has to come out anytime he's around. Yeah, we saw it, and uh, we saw it on Daniel Bryan. So, what did you think when that happened? Was that a shocker to you, or could you were they hinting at it enough that you that you weren't taken aback when it happened? I don't know. It, it was definitely something that I was predicting would uh, would happen. I thought it would be unintentional from Shawn Michaels. But yeah. What I didn't expect is that he would see Daniel Bryan finally get somewhat physical with uh, Triple H. Uh, Daniel Bryan knocks out Shawn Michaels' best friend, and suddenly the old uh, sweet chin music from Shawn Michaels wasn't unintentional. 
It was very intentional, and uh, he was sticking up for his good buddy. Yeah, that's the question there is, was this planned? Was he going to do it regardless of whether Triple H did interfere in the match, or did he do it as retaliation after Triple H got nailed? Uh, I mean, the announcers seem to be indicating, you know, that it was because of Triple H getting hit by Daniel Bryan. He's just trying to protect his friend, but I feel like there's going to be some de debate on that on Monday. Yeah, and um, I wouldn't be surprised if Daniel Bryan goes the route of questioning him and saying that uh, it was a plan all along, you know, the old Star Wars thing. It was a setup, but, uh, you know, I, uh, personally, I don't think that uh, that was a plan all along. I think Sean did it, uh, you know, because of what he saw, he was just reacting. But uh, I can certainly see why a lot of people would think that it was, you know, a setup and that uh, that Sean intended to do that all along. Yeah. And you, when they were talking back and forth at the cage, uh, after, Ryan, after Randy Orton, I guess, had tried to go for a pinfall and accused him of a slow count, and then you hear Shawn Michaels saying things like, just let me do this, and, like, Shawn, you know, do it, or something like that. He was They were saying words like that that made you wonder what they were actually talking about, whether they were talking about him refereeing or something else. Right. So, yeah, I guess, I guess that would uh, lend a little bit to uh, potentially some collusion there. Yeah. Um, I didn't... Uh, you know, I have some... Uh, some audible distractions in my house, uh, so I didn't I didn't necessarily hear everything that was going on. But yeah, uh, yeah that's definitely that's definitely something that uh, was interesting you picked up on. Yeah, uh, so I assume there's going to be debate on that. Maybe they'll even go to the tape uh, since they're now showing you know actual clips from pay-per-views instead of the photos that they used to do. Right. Uh, maybe Daniel Bryan will come out and talk about it. So, you know, what does this mean, though? I kind of wanted a clean finish here so we could wrap up the feud between the two of them, but with it going this way, I mean, can they really just kick Daniel Bryan out of the title picture now? I mean, I guess they can because they have the power, but in the fans' eyes, doesn't it feel like he should have another shot or something? Yeah, I mean, I, I would think that uh, the way things stand now, he's still in that uh, main event picture, and at the at the upcoming pay-per-view, which I think is probably still Survivor Series, yep. um, I wouldn't be surprised if they found a way to do a triple threat of some sort or an elimination match or if they were to just say, look, Randy Orton doesn't have to defend on this pay-per-view and he's going to be involved in a Survivor Series match. Yeah, yeah, I could see that happening. It does seem like this is an ideal way to set up a Survivor Series match uh, because they've had three matches between them. Uh, so presumably the one-on-one -on -one feud should be over. Uh, but, you know, you can easily have Daniel Bryan pair up with the Big Show and whoever else they want to throw in there to go against Randy Orton and whoever else they want. You know, Shield, I guess you could add the Rhodes with Daniel Bryan and Big Show and then the Shield with Randy Orton, something like that. Yeah. Would you want to see that as a pay-per-view? I mean, I, I would certainly watch it, and I think an interesting way to go about things would be to uh, would be to have it where if Randy Orton or if Randy Orton gets pinned in Survivor Series match, whoever pinned him gets the next uh, World Championship match. 
Yeah, that's interesting. I could certainly do it that way. Um, so, yeah, I don't really know where the big show's going to fit into this. I mean, obviously, he's probably going to fit into it somehow. Uh, I don't anticipate his storyline's going to be wrapped up yet. Yeah. But uh, with him being, quote-unquote, fired and having a restraining order, I don't know. I, I, yeah. I don't think he's going to be the next in line to get a title shot like we were speculating. Yeah, I mean, he seems like the next natural person to get it, but uh, but no, you're right with those with those restrictions in place, you know, the restraining order or whatever, and the uh, you know him not actually being a member of the roster right now, quote unquote. That does present uh, some interesting roadblocks for him. Yeah, so we'll have to see where they go tomorrow night. <clears throat> I'm sure we'll have a better idea of where the WWE Championship is going to be headed um, as to. You know whether or not Daniel Bryan brings up a legitimate gripe. Um, I mean, obviously he has one, so I would assume he's going to bring it up, but we'll see. Yeah, and can uh, we can we at least agree that uh, having somebody as champion is better than the title still being in advance? Absolutely, yeah. Uh, I mean, it was very odd that you know for the for the time that scene was out, really it was the title was held by no one more than someone. <laughs> yeah, and. And Cena's back, so uh, somebody may as well be holding it, right? Yeah, and that's the other big story coming out of this pay-per-view. Uh, we had the triumphant return of John Cena. Uh, he's come to save the WWE. Yeah. Uh, and predictably, in a uh, decent match, I guess, he ends up with the uh, clean victory over Del Rio. One, two, three. Yes, so, ma'am. Uh, if... if because John Cena won the uh, World Heavyweight Championship, are you surprised that that wasn't the main event of the evening? I was definitely sitting there as they were setting up for that match thinking to myself, wow, John Cena is in a match and it's not closing the pay-per-view. This right. has been a while. And you had to think at that point that maybe he wasn't going to win the title. Mm, I pretty much felt he was going to win it from the beginning. Yeah. I just I don't see any other reason to put him in that match if he's not going to win it. Yeah, in fact, uh, when uh, when that all went down, I was thinking, okay, you know, I got another one correct in our picks, and then it turns out I went with Del Rio. <laughs> so yeah. so e even though I went with Del Rio, I was still kind of expecting John Cena to win. So uh, certainly not a surprise. Definitely creates a, uh, a new feel for that championship. Um, you You'd agree that it's a step in the right direction for that belt, right? In terms of getting somebody with a higher profile with it. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. Um, I'm kind of kind of on the fence right now. I, I'd like to see what they do with it because, you know, overall this looks like just a desperation move to me that they were worried about ratings and they couldn't justify just jamming him into the WWE title picture. And they went with the next best thing with the World Heavyweight Championship. So I don't know whether or not he's going to do anything with the belt. Uh, I mean, could we see him coming out and saying, you know, this is great, but it's not exactly what I want. You know, I want that other one. I mean, I could see him doing that. Yeah, I, I could see him doing that, but uh, I'm I'm hopeful that he won't do that because that would that would be taking a major dump on the uh, World Heavyweight Championship. Big, big belt. steaming pile. Yes. 
Yeah, so we, we won't even talk about uh, what the person might have eaten earlier that day uh, that might be included in that steaming pile, because that would be one dirty steaming pile after everything that's happened with that belt. Yeah. For him to have done yeah, that, so, that would be rough. Yeah, so I, that's why I'm having trouble deciding whether or not I think this is good, because I could easily see him treating it as a transitional belt, uh, you know, until he gets himself back in the title picture. Uh, but at the same time, if he runs with it and has a legit feud, then then that's cool. Um, we didn't see any sign of Damian Sandow. He had the uh, kickoff show match against Kofi Kingston that replaced Curtis Axel and Big E because Axel was injured. And when he came out for that, you know, he he kind of talked about how the return of the false idol, John Cena, you know, so he he threw a jab at Cena. So I don't know, maybe we'll see him get involved, although, you know, I guess traditionally, you know, he's not going to have a direct confrontation with Cena as the money in the bank holder. But, you know, I'd like the potential for that if we eventually get a sand-out-Cena feud because I think, uh, you know, you'd have two of the best on the mic right there hanging with each other. Yep, and that would certainly give Sandow the opportunity to be in a high-profile feud where, you know, no one is going to the bathroom during that feud. No one's going to see that segment coming and, and you know, go for the fridge, right? I mean, you're going to have every, all eyes on Sandow. Um, do you think there's a possibility that Sandow is going to take the belt from Cena? Um, I don't know. Yeah, I mean... It's so it's hard to predict a cash in after last year and what they did with Ziggler. I mean, he kept it until what, like June? I mean, it was unbelievable how long he had it. Yeah. So I don't know if I don't know if we're gonna set up for that uh, that he'll find Cena in some sort of vulnerable position and then cash in on him then. But uh, yeah, I'd like to see it. I think that would certainly boost him up pretty quickly. Yeah, and I, I think at this point he deserves it. I mean, he uh, you know, he hasn't hasn't gotten a ton of exposure in the mid card. It's not like he's had you know a championship there and had some you know feuds there. But I, I think I think it's about time to move him up and see what he can really do because I mean, there's only so much that guys like Sheamus are gonna do, guys like Del Rio are gonna do, and I think Sandow has the potential. To be another superstar, I mean, like a superstar, you know, yeah. not not just somebody in the main event. So I'm looking forward to it, and uh, those those Mike battles are going to be pretty good, I think. Yeah, and it's an ideal feud for him, uh, based on you know his shtick about being the intellectual savior, and um, you know, thinking he's the one to rescue the masses. The masses are followers of John Cena. Yep. So. You know he can he can roll with that and, and craft some good promos, I would think. Yeah, and, and I think you know Sandow, he has uh, a considerable likability to him, right? But I think he still has the ability to add a, f- a few key phrases into his promos to where the people who might be cheering for him will switch over and start booing just because they know they're supposed to boo and. Whatever he's saying is, uh, you know, inflammatory enough that, uh, that they're going to boo him. So I, I think it is a really good feud for him. Uh, you don't really need somebody to go up against Cena who's going to get a lot of cheers. And I think, even though uh, Sandow is the type that 
that draws cheers, I think he can also switch those over to booze. So I'm looking forward to it. Oh, yeah. I mean, he insulted the crowd when he came out tonight. Called the mouth breathers or something like that. Right. Uh, so he's always got something, and he, he whipped out the silence, uh, which is one of the greatest things I've ever heard in wrestling. I wish he'd it's do it pretty, more. It's pretty good stick. Yeah. So, uh, you know, if that's if the ultimate payoff of Cena getting the belt means uh, a legit feud with Sandow eventually, if he ever cashes in on Cena, that would be great. Um, but I think the bigger question is, do we see this being the stepping stone towards potential unification? Um, you know, it would seem to make some sense that WrestleMania 30 would be the ultimate point to unify the belts. Do you do you think we've seen the first step towards that with what happened tonight? I think anytime you have John Cena going for the secondary championship and winning it, there's the potential that you're going to have the unification just because I don't get the sense that Vince McMahon or anybody else there wants any championship to be held in higher regard than the WWE Championship. So as yeah. much as it pains me to say it, I think we are one step closer to having another unified world champion than we were yesterday. So uh, this is something you would not want to see? Not at all. Um, <laughs> you know, I I was a fan of WCW back in the day, so that... Uh, that you know that world heavyweight championship belt, the big faced belt, that still means something to me. I you know I still, you know it it would be, it would be like if if you put the uh, the winged eagle on it. I mean it 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 means something to me, and I don't want to see it go away. Um, I still do hold it in higher regard than the Intercontinental Championship or the United States Championship. So I don't want to see it go away. Um, I've seen it happen once wasn't a good feeling, and it just created awkwardness with the champion changing shows, and they have to figure out whether somebody from SmackDown or Raw is going to get the championship opportunity that month. Um, yeah. So I, I'm not looking forward to, to uh, unification. Yeah, but at the same time, we don't have that brand split anymore, um, and we've seen the difficulties of maintaining the stature. I mean, admittedly, you know, I, I think we all believe they could have booked it better, but at the same time, you know, I think as as fans of any sport, you expect there to be kind of one champion. It's hard to have multiple champions, you know, and have it really mean something. Uh, I mean, the Stanley Cup, you, you get a President's Cup for having the most points in the regular season in, in hockey, but no one cares about it. You know, it's the Stanley right. Cup is the only one that matters. Um, and I don't think there's anything they could do to get – anything else on that level, and right now, with the WWE Championship being available for everyone to compete for, uh, it's hard to see the World Heavyweight Championship, you know, ever maintaining any sort of significance, you know, comparable to it, yeah, without having well, its own show, you know? Right, well, if if they do that, if that's the route they decide to go, um, I weep for the future of SmackDown. <laughs> I, I know there's not an official brand, brand split, at this point, but there still is at some level, and SmackDown is is still the secondary show. It's still the B show. 
there's still a secondary world heavyweight championship. So I feel like if you get rid of that world title, that SmackDown's going to suffer even more than it is. But maybe if if that's the route they go, then maybe that helps the United States Championship and the uh, Intercontinental Championship, which I guess could be a good thing. Yeah, I, I think the the relevance of SmackDown is definitely an entire discussion in itself. Right. Um, but you know the the larger question towards the unification. Uh, let's say they do set that in motion. Uh, who would be your ultimate uh, dream match for that? Who would you want the participants to be? That's a tough one. Um, I can tell you mine if you want to think about it. Absolutely. Go for it. Uh, to me, it has to be CM Punk and John Cena. Uh, I think we already saw you know, the kind of magic they have in the ring together. They're the two biggest stars, regardless of how much of a push Daniel Bryan's been getting lately. Um, and I think, you know, in terms of historic rivals, uh, they could be up there with with The Rock and Austin if they committed to it. You know, if they committed to to pumping these two up like that, uh, because they both have the resume, and they're diametrically opposed personality-wise, similar to how The Rock and Austin were. Right. Um, you know, with Cena being the the ultimate face, the good guy, um, say your prayers and all that. And then CM Punk obviously being, you know, the rebel. Um, and plus I like the idea of them both being faces if we were going to go into that match. Um, I think that adds a different flavor, kind of like we saw years ago with the Macho Man and, or I mean the Ultimate Warrior and Hulk Hogan. It adds a different flavor uh, when you have two faces. I guess we saw that with The Rock and John Cena. So I just think ultimately those are the two biggest guys right now. Uh, they would be the most deserving to be in a match like that, and they're both at their prime. Uh, I think it would make a ton of sense, and and it would it would catapult them into the list of you know top three all time greatest rivalries. I think. Yeah, and I have to agree with you, and and those are the two names I was I was going to say. That's why I didn't have an answer for you, is because um, I was looking for a name other than CM Punk. I think. If there is a name other than CM Punk in that match, I think it's someone who's going to be an opponent for John Cena because I think John Cena has to be in that match. I mean, if you want to give it uh, credibility at all, John Cena has to be in that match. Yeah. I mean, when they first unified the titles uh, and Chris Jericho won it, Chris Jericho beat two really high-level opponents in that same night when they had that mini tournament, um, you know, it's not like it's not like Chris Jericho beat Rey Mysterio and uh, Booker T or you know any of the secondary guys. It's not like he beat Kane for it, right? Yeah. And, um, so I think even if they do a four-man tournament, I think it comes down to a match between John Cena and CM Punk. Sure. And and I think I you know I think it comes down to them because John Cena's inarguably um, the face of the WWE in a lot of ways, and CM Punk is probably the best on the mic and one of the best in the ring, if not the best. So I think you have to have those two. Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. And, you know, I think with them being separated, 
uh, for a while here that we could we could lead towards that. You know, I think uh, they can wrap up the storyline with Heyman. Uh, so that you know, that's also another topic we should probably talk about is what's next for CM Punk. Um, I wouldn't see him eventually. I wouldn't see him going right after John Cena now or anything. But uh, you know, the fact that they're both kind of open-ended at the moment, yeah. uh, you could see the storylines eventually finding a way to weave themselves toward each other. I would think. Oh, absolutely, and I th- I think even if they do the unification, I don't see it happening for the next. Uh next few months. I don't know that it'll necessarily happen at WrestleMania 30, even though I think that would make a huge main event. I think that they would probably give it to a different pay-per-view. So I think there's there's still plenty of time to work up to something like that if that's the direction they want to go. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I think um, whatever route you go, I think, you know, those are pretty much the two guys. And... Uh, yeah, I think I think even if the thing with Heyman is not over, I think there's plenty of time to end it and get on to that. Yeah, and I think we saw, you know, back in the day at WrestleMania 17 when we had The Rock and Austin, and they had built up that that magical promo package that you know I think to this day most people agree is the greatest hype package ever made, um, where you just had two icons in their prime. Uh, you know, both wanting to be at the top of the business. And it was the culmination of an era. You know, the Attitude Era, by most accounts, ended at WrestleMania 17. Uh, and so there's something there's something with the, the thought of WrestleMania 30. You know, it, it feels big. It feels like it could be, you know, the end of an era kind of event. Uh, I don't know what that era would be called, but... I mean, we certainly see a shift in direction now with Triple H running the show. Um, so they could potentially, I would think, play, place a lot of emphasis on WrestleMania 30 um, as being an era-defining moment. Uh, and then we launch into the brave new world after that with the undisputed title and all that. Now, one way I was thinking that we could get there, um, what do you think if Cena still has the World Heavyweight Championship and ends up in the Royal Rumble? Hmm. Uh, that, could, that? that could be real. That could be really interesting because, um, I mean, typically the world champion isn't in the rumble, but there's nothing that says that he can't be. Yeah. And um, certainly that could be really intriguing. Um, I could certainly see it happening. Um, I think that that could be really good. Um, yeah, I mean, that's just one way because presumably we're still going to have the Royal Rumble winner being able to have the WWE title shot at WrestleMania. Right. Um, so, I mean, if you get the world champion in there, that's an easy way to get get around this. Um, because otherwise, you know, how do you get how do you get the two titles to face each other without scraping that, um, you know, that title or that award from winning the Royal Rumble, you know? Right, 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 right. Um, no, I think I think that would be a perfect way, and I could really see John Cena having a title reign, you know, over the next uh, few months where, uh, you know, he mentions a couple times that, uh, you know, they say, well, how does it feel to be world champion but not be WWE champion? 
Do you, does it feel differently? Whatever. And then he just finally says, you know what? Put me in that rumble. It's like, what are you talking about? You already got a championship. Because I want I wanted a shot at the other championship. And it's yeah. like, whoa, what's he doing? And then it's, you know, a couple weeks of it, you know, people wondering what's going on. And, you know, I think, I think that could make for, for some great television. So I want them both, Jack. Right. Uh, yeah, so, I don't know, we'll see. Of course, that would eliminate uh, Damien Sandow from any consideration of cashing in if Cena had to hold the belt all the way to WrestleMania for a unification match. Yeah, that's what uh, you know, we'll see. So, and that would be the other flip side of a unification is that you'd only have one money in the bank going forward. Right. You know, if they even keep it, which I assume they would. Uh, so I don't know that they'd necessarily want to cut down to only one briefcase. They they could still do it uh, twice a year. I don't know that normally you necessarily need two guys with briefcases walking around at the same time, right? Yeah, I don't think you have to, but it's it's a case of once you already get up to that, you know, like like the NFL having 16 games, they're not going down to 14. You know, right. they're already up to two cases. They like it. It gives them something they can book around. So I don't see why they would revert to one. Right. Well, maybe, maybe the other one comes down to guys who are... Uh, either in tag teams or in the mid card and maybe they don't qualify for the main money in the money in the bank they qualify for the secondary one and maybe the secondary one just gives them a shot at uh, you know one of those other championships sure I mean I mean couldn't you see an interesting thing where uh, Titus O'Neil grabs the uh, the belt or the, the briefcase and then uh, the next night on raw Darren Young's like okay so when are we going for the tag titles? And he says, well, Santino Morella has a United States Championship right now, and I'm kind of feeling like I could uh, take that from him. And suddenly Darren Young's not so happy that uh, they're going to lose out on a tag title match. Yeah, that's true. That, that would be very interesting, actually. Uh, that would add a nice wrinkle to it. I've always had kind of a mixed feelings about the money in the bank, but... Uh, I would like adding a wrinkle to it like that. That would make it much better. But uh, let's move on to some of the other superstars. Um, the other guy in our dream match would be CM Punk. Gets the win over Ryback. Clean victory. Not a very long match. And then gets his uh, retribution on Paul Heyman, who came out on like a hydraulic lift. <laughs> uh, he was carted out to the ring like Andre the Giant in WrestleMania 3. And... Uh, then lifted up to the top, called himself Satan. Uh, you know, had this demonic look on his face as he was on top of the ring the whole match. Yeah, if if you haven't seen, for for the listeners out there, if you haven't seen what Paul Heyman looked like when he was being carted out and placed on top of the uh, Hell in a Cell structure, I'm going to do my best in the next uh, next few minutes, probably before anybody listens to this, to get pictures of that posted to. Uh, the Facebook interface, and to uh, tweet it out on uh, at GN Wrestling. Right. So be looking for that. Yeah, so Punk gets his uh, retribution, or whatever you want to call it, his revenge, his everything he wanted to do to Heyman, he did. 
So, I think we got to assume this feud is over. Uh, we didn't see Brock Lesnar show up or anything. I thought there was certainly a potential. You could hear his music hit as Heyman was getting beat down. Uh, you know, it would have been quite a scene to see Brock climbing the cage, but we didn't see that. Uh, I'm sure there's a possibility we see him on Raw, but I think most of the scuttlebutt is that we're not going to see him until more closer to Rumble time. So, I mean, do you think this feud is over? I mean, is this it for Paul Heyman and CM Punk? I was sure hoping so. Um, you know, I think there might be something where, you know, it's not as personal for CM Punk and Paul Heyman anymore, and maybe just maybe Paul Heyman still wants uh, Curtis Axel and Ryback and possibly Lesnar to uh, continue to target CM Punk. But I think at this point, I don't think uh, Paul Heyman's going to get as involved with things against directly against CM Punk. I think what he suffered at the top of that uh, Hell in a Cell, I think that's probably going to be enough for Paul Heyman to just tone it down a little bit and look to not get uh, additional retribution. Yeah. Yeah, so hopefully that's over. Uh, I think we should probably just assume it is. And if it is, uh, what's next for CM Punk? Where do you see them taking him? Well, I think he probably has to factor in somehow into the mess that's going on with Triple H because I think we, you know, we've talked about this a couple times before is that CM Punk has been kind of living in his uh, his own little universe outside of um, what's going on with Triple H, and it just it doesn't feel normal, especially because um, you know, like a year ago, I guess, or two years ago, um, you know, the summer of Punk, it was Punk against Triple H. So it's like, why would you know he have that rival with rivalry with him back then? and then let all of this happen now. Yeah. And he could easily uh, insert himself with, with a promo talking about how he's the true face of the WWE, you know, how he had the belt for 434 days, uh, he headlined pay-per-views, you know, he can say all these things, um, you know, point to his T-shirts, his ice cream bars, whatever. And uh, that would immediately lead right into making him number one contender. I mean, right now, that's an open sl open slot, um, and I think the fans would accept that, you know, of CM Punk claiming to be the face of the WWE, and boom, all of a sudden, we've got the ball rolling for him to get a title shot. Yeah, and you, you got to love those open slots, right? Yeah. Um, but, uh, no, I, I think that could happen. Especially um, the warm ones. Yeah. Uh, like apple pie? Yeah, yeah. Yes, no? Um what, what about a potential uh, setup where Triple H says, okay, you feel like you're the number one contender. Daniel Bryan feels like he's number one contender, so you two have to face off. How about something like that? Yeah, um, I could see it. And then I could also see, uh, you know, your earlier idea about somebody getting the pin in Survivor Series getting number one contender if, if they somehow slotted CM Punk on a team with Daniel Bryan. You know, you could see him compete that way to see who's who's going to get the shot. Right. See who makes it out of that match. Uh, I, I hope they go that direction because I think it's probably time to... Well, it's certainly well past time to inject somebody else into the WWE title picture. Um, and, you know, 
there's few people better than CM Punk. I feel his talent's been a little wasted over the last few months with this with this Heyman situation. Just a little bit. Yeah. All right. So we'll see what's next for CM Punk. Probably tomorrow night. I'm sure they'll set something in motion. Uh, he's he's working as hard as ever. He's he wrestles on SmackDown all the time too. So uh, I don't think he's going away. Now they added three matches. No. Scratch that. Four matches that were not advertised uh, were competed tonight. I mean, is is that unbelievable or what? Four of the nine matches that occurred, you know, were not advertised. Right, and I, I think we were already predicting they would add three, and I think we missed out on one of them, although they did a huge segment of, about that, so we'll have to... Want to touch on what happened with the Miz and uh, the Wyatt family um, in a minute? Um, yeah, I think maybe they wouldn't have had to add so many except for what happened with uh, with Curtis Axel, right? Yeah, I mean they they certainly had to come up with something and and put Sandow and Kingston together. Uh, Sandow got a clean win. Uh, he kind of debuted a new finisher, I, I suppose. Uh, I can't remember what they said they called it. Uh, but I think it's probably something you've seen. He uh, he essentially kind of picks them up almost like a full Nelson and slams them shoulders first into the mat. I don't know, hmm. but it was uh, it was decent. So it looks like he might have a new finisher, uh, which is always good. That's a sign that he's going to get a chance to use it probably. Right. Uh, and then you had Fandango and Summer Rae against Kali and Natalia. It was mostly just Summer Rae and Natalia fighting. Uh, Summary gets the pin. Really, nothing yeah. there. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty happy to see Summary saunter around the ring a little bit, dance a little bit, instead of uh, having to see too much of, um, too much of the big man, Great Kali, in there. Oh my God! I mean, seriously, just get that guy a retirement plan already. Yeah. Uh, in India would go way down. Yeah. Well, I mean, they got Ginger Mahal, right? Canadian Indian. Yeah, they could have him step up. Uh, so, then we have Los Matadores. Uh, we expected they would probably have a match, uh, and it's with the Real Americans, which we also expected. And uh, El Torito got to nail Zeb Coulter at the end of it. So, But there was a very strong We the People chant from the Miami crowd. Crazy. A lot of awkward racial tension in that in that arena, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I hope ultimately we, we see a continued feud with them and, and maybe uh, maybe we can see Cesaro turn. Uh, I think the fans are probably ready to cheer for him. Oh, yeah. And they already kind of are a lot with, with a lot of those big swings. Yeah, I think that's yeah that's what it's all setting up for. Building him up is, uh, you know, a Cena type that has these superhuman feats of strength, and uh, fans always love that. Yeah, but let's uh, let's definitely try and find a new tag team partner for Jack Swire because one, I don't want to see him uh, as a uh, as a singles competitor, and two, um, I, I think uh, tag tag team is uh, is actually really working out for him. Um, I'd like to see somebody other than uh, Zeb Coulter manage him, or get Zeb Coulter doing something different than just uh, taking a strong uh, anti-immigration stance. Sure. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. It's been nice to have Jack Swagger kind of uh, swept under the rug for a while. 
Um, then we had AJ Lee actually keep her belt against Brie Bell. I predicted that Brie uh, would get the win and, and then lose it back at Survivor Series, but no such luck. Uh, Brie runs into Nikki on the, you know, as Nikki's standing on the outside and she's distracted, and then AJ goes for her, uh, whatever, spider, whatever they call it, uh, finisher. Gets the win. I mean the the one where her uh, her legs are wrapped all around her uh, female opponent's head and Black Widow maybe is that what they call it? Yeah, I don't know. Every time that move happens, I suddenly I lose all ability to listen to anything I'm just watching. Yeah, yeah not sure put, why that is. She could put that on me anytime. I'd walk I around would, all day in it. I would watch her put that on you anytime. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> so she keeps the belt. Uh, nothing surprising there. So. Now, the other more interesting match was Biggie Langston and Dean Ambrose. Uh, he didn't get his title match against Axel, so we'll never know if he was supposed to get the Intercontinental title. I sure would like to have known that. Uh, that was one of the more exciting potentials of this pay-per-view in my eyes. Yeah, I agree. Uh, but we didn't get to see it. Ambrose uh, gets counted out. Biggie uh, nails them, you know, afterwards and stands over him holding up the U.S. title, but obviously doesn't get it. Uh, I don't know if this is anything more than just a one-off. I think it's probably just a one-off. But, yeah. you know, maybe if Axel's that legitimately hurt, instead of uh, getting the IC, they'll just let Biggie get the U.S. I don't know. I mean, it, it does seem like he should be in line for some sort of push, don't you think? Oh, I would definitely think so. And I, I would go so far as to say that if Curtis Axel is really legitimately hurt, that uh, they'll probably do something where somebody else gets the uh, Intercontinental Championship or they set up a uh, Battle Royal for it or something like that. And even though it's not as glamorous that way um, as if Big E could take it from Curtis Axel himself, I could certainly see Big E being the one to win a, uh, a Battle Royal or you know, for them to have a, uh, a transitional champion um, just pick a random heel, give him the title, and then let Big E beat him for him a couple weeks later. Yeah, yeah. Either way works. As long as he gets a little more uh, screen time, I think that'd be good. He's he's definitely a guy that could uh, be entertaining. Uh, you know, we've seen a little bit too much of certain guys like Fandango. As much as I like him, uh, they're not going anywhere with him. So uh, let's give somebody else a new a chance, and uh, Big E seems like someone that you should put in line for it. You know, I don't know where Christian is right now, but uh, it seems like Christian was always more interesting as a heel. And I would like to see Christian step up, cheat his way into getting the Intercontinental Championship, and then have him kind of dodge Big E as long as he can until Big E finally takes the belt from Christian. I think that could be really interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I'd like to see that. Uh, I don't know what the deal is with him either. But it's definitely been a while. Uh, I guess he had... Did he have a world title shot? Yeah, like SummerSlam or something, and that was it. Uh, yeah, he had those great matches with uh, Del Rio. I remember there's one one spot where uh, somebody was going for a spear. I almost want to say it was Del Rio going for a spear. And uh, the other one uh, leaped in the air and kind of kicked the other guy in the head. I just remember that being a great spot. Yeah. Uh, Hopefully he doesn't show up at the impact zone. Uh, yeah, and, uh, I think... 
I think his days of doing that are probably over. I think one tour of duty down there is probably enough, but you never know. They're they're about to have new management. So if he knows what's best for him, that was it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But uh yeah, so we'll see. Uh the other thing that went down pay per view was uh the Miz going to the ring. Called out Bray Wyatt. Bray didn't actually come, but he showed up on the, the Titan Tron uh in his rocking chair. Not looking at the camera, looking, you know, it was a profile shot. And, uh, I don't know, you know, doing his usual cryptic messages. The lights are out, they come up, and Harper and Rowan are there. They start teaming up on, on The Miz, and then, uh, boom, we hear the uh, cane music. The pyro and everything. So what, what was your first thought when, uh, when, you, when you heard that Kane was coming out? When you heard the music, when you kind of saw the pyro. What was your first thought when the uh, big red machine started coming out to the ring? Well, um, I was interested to see what he was wearing because I thought, you know, clearly if he's dressed differently, similar to the Wyatts, then he's with them. Uh, but he just had on his normal get-up. Uh, and he just started marching down to the ring. He didn't really run or anything. And uh, one of them... One of the whites came out and he gave him a boot. So, I mean, it was pretty quick uh, that it appeared he was on the Miz's side. And that's kind of what I assumed with the with the way he showed up as a surprise like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I figured he wouldn't be with the Wyatts because if he was, he would have just come out with them or, uh, you know, snuck up on the Miz or something like that. Right. But it being a surprise, it's a little more of a triumphant return kind of situation. Uh, but he gave us a swerve where... You know, he gave a boot to one of them, I, I guess Harper, and then he goes into the, uh, or no, it was probably Rowan, and then he goes into the ring, and it was a little, it was a little sloppy, uh, the interaction he had with Harper, and he tried to like pick him up for a slam, but you know, it's like almost like he didn't have enough leverage or something, and then put him down, uh, and then kind of just tossed him through the ropes, like it was, it was really weird. So I don't know if that meant something. I don't know if they just botched it or if he intentionally didn't hurt him very much. But either way, you know, he gets both of them out of the ring. The Miz is like, you know, kind of uh, smarting from his from his beatdown. And uh, Kane just looks at him and grabs his neck and choke slams him. Didn't say anything, you know, and then threw his arms down and shot the flames up. Uh, so, you know, we never really saw him motion towards the Wyatts as if, you know, he was with them. So I think it's still pretty unclear. Yeah, and I I, uh, I have to admit, and I told you this earlier, that uh, that was one of the spots during the pay-per-view that I missed because uh, I had something going on, uh, some issues with my son. But, uh, you know, when I first heard that Keane showed up, um, he showed up after the match, um, I, kind of, I kind of felt like, oh, great, okay, so he's going to be teaming with the Miz, helping the Miz out. I like the fact that there's some ambiguity there as to uh, whether or not Kane is with the the Wyatts. I, I think this leads it open for uh, a couple weeks of Kane not being fully under their control, not being fully part of the Wyatt family, and then you know us still getting the opportunity to see it go one way or the other. Sure. Uh, yeah, and I think I mean, you could see him 
uh, do what he did to the Miz to other people, just kind of random choke slams. Right. Uh, and you'd you'd be left wondering whether he's doing this for Wyatt or not. Yeah, and I, I was I was hearing that Kane looked maybe a little a little a little thinner. Yeah, he did. I kind of noticed that too. Uh, in the face, you know, it looked like maybe he'd lost a few pounds. Hmm. Okay. See, so, yeah, I'm I'm really interested to end up seeing how that all went down, especially with uh, the botched uh, body slam or whatever it was going to be, because I mean, that could be that could be interesting. That could either be part of the storyline, or that could be uh, you know maybe Glenn Jacobs is actually having some issues, and uh, maybe he actually couldn't pick him up. Yeah, yeah, that's certainly possible. That's a good connection. I hadn't actually thought about that. Because um, it was very odd. You know, you certainly have never really seen Kane struggle to do anything right. like that. You know, a simple body slam, really. Uh, he wasn't trying to do anything crazy. So, yeah, maybe that's part of the story. Maybe that's them saying, you know, he's been uh, he's been hidden underneath... Uh, you know, Bray Wyatt's uh, cabin in the woods or something, you know, and he hasn't been properly nutritioned, and so he lost weight, and he escaped, you know, and he's just not in fighting shape yet or something. Yeah, I could see them going with the storyline like that. Yeah, I, th- and I think that could be really cool, um, you know, to do something like that where it's not just, you know, they, they actually show the physical toll that it took on him. Uh, sure. Yeah, and the final... Uh, Situation we didn't get to was the triple threat tag team that opened up the program. Uh, Cody Rhodes and Goldust retained uh, fairly convincingly. Goldust spent the majority of the time getting beat down. Uh, I don't think really Cody got in the in the match until I don't know halfway through or so. It seemed like, uh, and he eventually gets the win with the crossroads on. Seth Rollins, the Usos were already out of the ring. There had been kind of a melee where people were jumping out. Uh, so they were on the sides. And uh, it was just Seth Rollins and Cody Rhodes wore the, the legal men. And uh, I think Goldust, Goldust went for a move on him or something, and Rollins got him up in the air, and then he came down, they did a kick, and then hits the crossroads on him. So... Uh, so- Clean victory. It really wasn't anything too surprising there, uh, but it was a good match. You know, those all those guys involved are good work, workers, so there was there were some good spots. So, do you do you feel like this uh, still keeps the Usos in the title hunt? I don't know. I, I think on the surface, I think it kind of went the way I expected, uh, and I think I mentioned last episode that it, it felt like a way to get them kind of out of the picture. Yeah, and they pretty much were, and they looked at the at Cody and Goldust afterwards, you know, kind of shaking their heads like, yeah, you guys the champs, you know, like accepting of it. So, and they made a point to have them kind of like shake hands before the match and all that too. Yeah. So are are you happy with the fact that the, uh, the roads still have it and it looks like the shield are still the top contenders? Yeah, I think so. I mean, really those are the two tag teams that should be involved in the, the title picture right now, and I, I definitely like seeing Goldust and, and Cody have this run. Uh, you can tell it's important to them. So, out of the nine matches that happened tonight, how many of these are we going to see uh, get a rematch on either Raw or SmackDown this week? 
Uh, all nine. <laughs> no. Uh, probably Big E and Dean Ambrose, considering an end in any count out. I think that one's pretty damn much a mortal lock. Yeah. Uh, you could see Summer Rae and Natalia again. Um, yeah, I'd like to see a one-on-one -on -one between them. Yeah. I think the real Americans will continue to troll Los Matadores, so I think that'll continue for a while. Uh, but that's it. I mean, unless Kofi's got some sort of beef with Sandow, but... <laughs> <laughs> I What's guess he gonna it... say? I suck, and uh, you beat me, but uh, I want to try again. I never lose in the pre-show. I always win on the pre-show, and you beat me. I gotta, I gotta uphold my uh, my my non-pay-per-view Sunday match status. You see people on online saying like, "Ah, oh, Kofi deserves better," and all this. And it's like, well, yeah. I mean, he had a shot. He's he's been in elimination chambers and big spots before. It's like, it's fucking. It's Damian Sandow's turn. <laughs> I mean, yeah. what? Right. You know, he had his turn. Yeah. yeah, you can't stay. You can't stay in the main event picture or you know the upper card, unless you're one of the legit guys. You know, I mean, it, he got a couple chances to be in big matches. You know, whether or not they were great chances, I mean, he was still there. A guy like Santa hasn't even been there yet. Right. So, you know, everybody's got to get a turn. I think. Although you're missing the uh, you're missing the opportunity here for Kofi Kingston to. Uh, to remind Randy Orton of the feud that they had a couple of years ago. It was probably the single best thing I've seen feud-wise for Kofi Kingston. You could see Damian Sandow against John Cena and still get Kofi Kingston against Randy Orton. That could be the answer for uh, Randy Orton's uh, temporary opponent. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly if you wanted to have a throwaway opponent, <laughs> Kingston would fit the bill pretty well. Yeah. Because he's a, a clear-cut face, and he's absolutely no threat. <laughs> if if they can give our truth a shot at John Cena, they can certainly give Kofi Kingston another shot at his old shooting partner. Sure. Yeah, and you could see a situation where Triple H lets Randy Orton pick his next opponent. Or how, how say, much of it? <laughs> how about Kofi? I used to kick his ass all the time. Yeah, I mean, what, what kind of a dickbag move is that for uh, Triple H to come out and say, uh, look, Daniel Bryan, you got your shots, and as much as you uh, might have kneed me in the head, I'll let that go, but uh, you monopolized enough time so you can work back up to getting another title shot. I won't, I won't, uh, I won't begrudge you that, but uh, for the time being, I've got another guy who's really sparked my interest and could be the future of this company. I think this guy's shown a lot. He deserves a shot after everything he's done. Kofi Kingston, you're the number one contender. Kofi Kingston. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Sure, why not? Yeah. Uh, Stranger have things have happened. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that just about does it. Uh, we'll hopefully get some questions answered tomorrow. See whether, uh, you know, uh, this this whole thing stays legit and Randy Orton keeps the belt and that's it. Or if uh, Daniel Bryan files a grievance of some sort. <laughs> or if we lead towards a uh, Survivor Series. Maybe that's what they're setting up for. I I, I, I would probably lean that way. That This is the uh, beginnings of a Survivor Series match. Yep, and uh, for any of you who wanted to see what uh, Paul Heyman looked like as he was being lifted up 
onto the top of the hell in the cell. I've already got that for you. I've got two different pictures for you on, on the uh, Facebook, facebook.com slash guys nation wrestling. And uh, you can also access that uh, by going to our Twitter, GN Wrestling. And uh, we've got them there too. Yep. So as we uh, wrap up with Kofi's music, hopefully we don't we only hear it uh, once this week, right now, as opposed to tomorrow night. It's going to we'll happen see. four times. Yeah. All right, man. Well, it's a pleasure doing a special episode. Uh, uh, GN always. Wrestling on Twitter. 